Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit ChildAndFamilyResourceNetwork.org today. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Gerald Farrelly. And I'm Neve Kavner, and you're listening to... Agony Rants! So, were you at the gig last night? I was at the gig. I love the way that... Uh, the, the modest Kavanagh <laughs> <laughs> straight away. Tell me how good I was. Now, I have to say, Neve, I have to say, as much as I'd have loved to have gone and torn you apart on social media <laughs> behind your back, yeah, like, you were... <laughs> Fab. Yeah, not like a fan at all. No, I have to say, I tried not to be a fan. I was like, there she is there. Like the one that caused you all that hassle when you're at it. And you're like, will you ever say something short? And there she is, blowing the roof off the place. <laughs> the pro-cathedral. <laughs> I, I have to say, Neve, I, I felt a bit weird about going into a church. I was like, this just doesn't feel like the place for your vision. It's it's a strange, it's a strange one, all right. But I have to, we have to say, we, we are always having to say. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening here is... We had a meeting, right? Like, yeah. first of all, we had a meeting where we said we need to have a very structured start to the show. So, welcome to Agony Rants. Yes. I'm Gerald Farley. This is Neve Kavanagh. And we're here to talk about your problems. Yeah. So, <laughs> that was the first thing on our list, which we have absolutely missed. And the second thing was we had a list of all the things that we shouldn't say. And I think by this point, in two we've minutes, we've said, said all of them. <laughs> all the things that we say too much. Because we got a message during the week from somebody, Alan. <laughs> Alan. Alan. Not to name anyone. I don't who, know Alan. But... Who, who was basically talking about the things that we say, like our little vocal. Ticks. Yes. <laughs> and Neve says, I'm not going to lie. And what was the one I say? You say, uh, the one you say is... The thing about that is. The thing is. about that is. <laughs> we both have said it now. We both said it. <laughs> so we're just going to get that out of the way. Um, but Neve Kavanagh did a show last night with all of the Irish Eurovision winners. Well, n- not all of them, because Emer oh, Emer was missing. We care about. Oh, road. <laughs> we we no. care about Emer. Uh, <laughs> and it was incredible. I it mean, was, I have to say, it was kind of like this big co- post-COVID thing yeah. where we were like, oh, this is what we used to do. I know. We used to do these Eurovision shows and it was great and happy and lovely. It, and Yeah, it really was. And it was a very emotional, actually, at times. You know, it was certainly, well, there was a lot of tears backstage anyway. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that was because it was emotional. <laughs> it, might, it might have been because... <laughs> Here we are again singing the same song. Oh my songs. gosh. Uh, but, uh, you know, and do we know this one and, you know, trying to wheel everybody out at the right time. You know, it was pretty much that way. But I, we love meeting up and doing a show together. Like, we really do. It's it, very affectionate, I have to admit. It, it was. I have to say, it felt, it's such a strange thing because I've been in the company of Eurovision winners a couple of times. Yeah. And it's a very strange thing to be in the company of so many people who have done this absolutely incredible thing. <laughs> It's like this thing that follows you around. It's like that you have this one thing in common among all of you. Yeah. It's probably like the the biggest, most public thing you've ever done in your life. Yeah. Like it's such an incredible achievement. Yep. And and it, it just every year or so people you all gravitate back together to I know. It's like it's like With a trauma thing. thing. That only you can understand. It's like people who go through traumas; they have to kind of gather <laughs> occasionally to to relive it because nobody else will understand what you went yeah. through. Yeah, there's that element to it. But you know, the concerts are always very, very. Um, um, I suppose just really lovely. It's like going into CM relations. It's, it's like a str- it's a it's a strange atmosphere. Yeah. Like if you haven't been to one. Yeah, like the only the only way you can really describe it is if you go to it. It's very strange, and it's also it has that Dolly Parton vibe. 
Okay. Uh, like, I'm, <laughs> the reason I'm saying this, it's kind of like everyone from all walks of life. Like, like yeah. I know we joke on this show that like, it's oh, gays no. between 30 and 45. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> but it's really not. No, it's not. Like, the, the demographic is so broad. Like, there's like, there's gay couples. Mm -hmm. There's like people in their 70s. There's young kids. There's, oh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's and, and very, very strange. And very invested in it. And very invested very in it. Very invested. And different levels of invested in it, shall we Neith, say. there was a guy at Kids waving flags that <laughs> I, know. I, I think they waved them for about three hours. I know they were. Uh, to, I don't think they were Eurovision fans, first of all. They no, were tiny. They were given that job to do. There was a lot of, they, they literally were put in behind us. I'm not 100% sure why, but they were wonderful. And, um, but they were actually given that job to do and they were waving flags. They waved flags for a long time. Yeah, they did. And actually, there's there's a lovely thing when I meet some of the fans who flew in. The people flew in. Yeah, there was a yeah, there was a lot of people that just came from like different parts of Europe just to see this. I know this concert. I mean, next year I'll be thirty years since I won, and or, or should I say, since I was indoctrinated into the into the, <laughs> into <laughs> into the, cult, the cult of Eurovision. That is Eurovision. And actually, it's I really am very fond of the people that I meet on a regular basis. And sometimes you meet someone who you've you maybe interacted with on Facebook or on social media and they kind of come in and they, you know, you see the face and you realise, actually, I do know who you are, but I absolutely have no idea who you are. <laughs> you know, yeah, but yeah. I know. I know what you mean, but you know the type of person. I yeah. know why you're here and, and you know, I, I really appreciate you and that, and, you know, the six of us, are, you know, I suppose the six who were there last night of the actual Irish winners, um, we're all very different in some ways, oh, you know, completely. as people, but we're also very linked and we're very fond of each other. So there's a, there's a bit of a joking thing and we all have our dynamics. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I have to say, every time, every time I see her and every time I meet her, Linda Martin. Oh, she's fab. She's just fab. She is. Like, she's the best crack. <laughs> and she's so good on, like, it's just, yeah, yeah. she's brilliant. I have yeah. to say, as, yeah. much, as much as I do, I do take the piss. I do take the piss. Do you? <laughs> I always take the piss out of Linda. I like, but she's just great. No, she. We is. have to get her on. We have to get her on for a guest episode. And oh, oh I'd love that. And she'd be amazing. Now she, she. Yeah. We wouldn't survive it, but she. We definitely. And do you know what the thing I always forget is? You're a very good singer. Oh, I'm <laughs> I, I was watching you last night, and I was like, God Almighty! Like the amount of times we just sit there, horse and brownies into us. And <laughs> I forget. You're absolutely brilliant. Oh, like I don't think I say that enough, Neve. I'm kind of blushing a little bit here. I don't. Yeah, know. I mean, you're an absolute nightmare to work on a <laughs> podcast with. Every day is awake in hell. Yeah, but you're God, you're incredible on stage. I have to say it. I'm cheeky. To, I'm cheeky too. You are cheeky. And my, my favorite thing was I wore my Eurovision earrings last night, right? And and uh, you know sometimes I don't know what I'm going to say, but anyway, I have these the original earrings, so I wore them last night. Cause, and then I declared, as I always do on stage, I brought all of my vulnerabilities out, and I said, "This is the only thing that fits me from Eurovision." <laughs> I have to say, Neve. When you said the room, the room did like like it, it, the it, room it came apart. Up. It was brilliant. <laughs> it was it was the line of the night, right? <laughs> I have to say, and, and the the other contender for line of the night, okay, right, well, was and it was absolutely spectacular. Was uh, when they were introducing uh, Secret Garden. Oh yes, right. Because Secret Garden were there. They won in ninety five. Ninety five with okay, Nocturne. With, with Nocturne, and uh, <laughs> and whoever was introducing them, I can't remember who it was, said. Do you remember Nocturne by Secret Garden? And a woman in front of me said, vaguely. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a very interesting topic this week. Now, mm -hmm. again, this is very much a you topic at yes, the moment. Yes, it's me. 
times when we bit off more than we could chew. Yeah. And there's a little bit of regret involved in that sometimes, but <laughs> sometimes it happens during it or on the precipice of it. <laughs> Tomorrow, I am flying to Portugal to restart my Camino. She's on her Camino journey. Darling, I'm Spiritual. going to be, See, by the time we do our next podcast, I will be enlightened in a way that you don't even need to know, right? Yeah, she's going to be she's going to be on Instagram doing Instagram lives just in ha- headstands. Oh my <laughs> Headstands God. with a yogi. That's it. <laughs> That's if Garode actually teaches me how to do Instagram live. What happened was years ago, uh, myself and my friend, uh, we decided we were going to do a Camino because we liked to walk together. You know, this is what you do. You go, you say, I like to walk. So how about we do 30 kilometres a day? (laughs) Now... (laughs) When we went back then, I mean, we're a little bit more prepared now, but actually back in the day, we decided we walk every day. How hard can that be? (laughs) We walk our dogs every day. We walk all the way around this particular trek, which is about four and a half kilometres long. And surely we can go 30 kilometres a day. No problem. Of course you can. (laughs) I can't see any problem with this. Can you see any, any problem with this? We literally did 100 kilometres over three days and our extra training that we did running into it and if you could see me now I'm doing the the air quotes around the extra training was basically we walked around our four and a half kilometre track twice and said sure we'll be grand (laughs) 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 oh my goodness we were not prepared how many many stints have you done and now this is this will be our fourth stint so we did one which we call the English way first so we literally did to see if we liked the concept now we were so ill prepared for it I'm not even going to lie (laughs) right we by the third day we had our playlist and we were we were absolutely blasting it in between towns so I don't think it was as spiritual as it should have been because we were literally limping into (laughs) our feet were in bits we got into the hospital the hostel and we got up in in the lift and we were so relieved we thought oh my goodness we're there we're in the last bit we went up the lift and then there was three stairs down and back up you know because it was an old building to get to our room and we nearly couldn't go down the stairs and back up and all I could think of was thank God that's over and yet we thought about it and we just realised we'd just done too much so we okay. actually did go back and do another one, but we try not to do more than 25 kilometres a, a day. So we decided we do walk from Lisbon all the way to Santiago. So we do the Portuguese Camino. Okay. So that's what we started. And so we've done a couple of stints already. And now this one is going to take us from Cumber to, Por- to Porto. So we're going to do 125 kilometres in five and a bit days. So, you know, that's, so that's, that's what we're doing. But we've been not doing it for two years. <laughs> And then we realised we haven't trained with our bag on our back because oh. obviously we haven't worn the bag. So we nice. had to get the bag out and we did the stairway to heaven in Fermanagh. And I'm going to tell you, stairway to heaven, my heart was broken by the time we got up to the top. I was definitely more chipper coming down. I had this feeling that you're going to be airlifted off the mountain. Uh, it could be, could be. <laughs> we picked the Portuguese one because there's less mountains. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is there is there like a, you know, can you get yourself a bike at any part? I mean, oh, you can that... cycle it, believe it or not. But I listen, if you think it's tragic me walking it, Cycling it would be even worse. Well, I have to say, <laughs> I, I, I know the cyclists are a very active community and sure. we wouldn't want to say anything no, against them. No, But I, what I will say is I'm never getting on a bike again as long as I live. Oh, really? No, because I had an accident when I was abroad. Okay. Uh, and do you know, it was all my other half's fault. Oh, well, always. Yeah, uh, like 100%. Yeah. He, I was cycling ahead of him. Okay. So I had seen the shipwreck as I went around the corner. And then he came around the corner after and went, oh my God, look. And I thought it was something else. 
you know, something that had happened. And I turned to look and then I fell off the bike and ended up in hospital. Hospital? Hospital. What did you do? I, I, I tore my arm open. Oh. I had to have surgery. Yeah. They proper, had to like, yeah, proper. Proper like surgery? Well, they, they, they numbed it up and then they did. I don't think that class is a surgery. Nave, for the sake of the dramatic arc of my story, I had life-threatening surgery. Okay. Please. Okay. Thank you very much. And do you know what my boy, do you know what he said? What did he say? He said, do you mind if I go back to the beach while you're in? I said, yeah, I do. <laughs> I absolutely Does do. Does he not know you? You sit there. Was that with, early in your career? <laughs> you sit there <laughs> with all of the other infirm of Lanzarote. <laughs> while I stare death head on. Yeah. On the operation table. See, you should have had me with you. A, I'd have never been on a bike in the first place because um. I did actually, you know the way I do my three things that scare me? I said one year, I'm going to get back on a bike because I hadn't been on one since I was a teenager. <laughs> and my friend and I went off on our bikes and she went on to don the Lycra situation afterwards. Me, a couple of trips in, I thought, some things are just not meant for you. Exactly. Do you know what? Do you know what I will say about cycling? It you is quick. You have to have a specific arse and I don't have it. <laughs> Have you done anything, taken on anything that you didn't think? Yeah. Do you know what I did, actually? <laughs> now, I, I, I've only done, ever done this twice. Okay. But every single time it's, you've bitten off more than you can chew here. Okay. <laughs> Being a best man. Oh. It's organising the stag party. Yeah. It's so stressful. I organised it for my brother, right? Okay. And my brother is like, he's got loads of lads. Oh. They're all like ladsy mates. And so I look like, at you I, I, and say, you're the man to organise that. Yeah, I'm going to go, Manny Petties, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you're all going to have a, <laughs> we're all going to get facials. <laughs> Lovely. Um, I bet they'd so like what it. I of course they would. Of I course they, they would. would. But what we did was we ended up doing these kind of war games. You know, when you're up. <laughs> war games? You know, it's like, uh, what's it called? Paintball. Oh my God. Where you you're call crawling that? around a forest. Yeah. Shooting paint at each other, right? Whoa. And then afterwards, uh, we did axe throwing. Have you ever heard anything more toxic and masculine in your life than a group of drunk men throwing axes? And you know what the unnerving thing about it was? Was <laughs> Were you good at it? No, no I wasn't, Neve. And I <laughs> thank you for that. Like, I do appreciate your faith in me. <laughs> but at one point, I threw an axe, right? <laughs> And I completely missed the board. Well. And <laughs> Maybe you weren't aiming first. There's a tone creeping in here that I'm not a fan of. Me. Uh, I threw an axe and it went over the wall. So okay. I had to go around and get it. Oh. Do you know what was behind the axe target? What? A playground. <laughs> <What's this? laughs> I just think that's an error in planning. <laughs> and I said it to them, I said, why would you put the axe target Beside a playground. He said, well, we never had someone throw one over a wall before. And I was like, well. It, there you go. Gifted. <laughs> that was very aggressive. I know. Uh, the other time I did one, I did one recently uh, I, I, for one of my best friends. Uh, he was getting married and um, mm -hmm. he, he wasn't going to have a stag. He, and then, then I kind of said, no, no, let's just do something. Yeah. Because it's better to do something uh, than, than, than not. not. Even if we do something small. Yeah. So he, he's from Nace. But he wants to go somewhere just kind of local. Okay. So it's like, okay, grand. Well, tell me a couple of places in Nace that I can contact them and we can like try and book in a group or something. Yeah. So we went for a nice meal. And then he named two pubs. I can't remember what they're called. I think one was Fletcher's uh -huh. and then one was something else, right? Right, okay. So he said, like, they've got nice little spaces that we might be able to book. So oh, yeah. So I rang one mm -hmm. 
and they said no, they weren't open because of COVID. They were oh, yeah, okay. they hadn't they hadn't opened back up and yeah. this section was closed. Yeah. I thought grand, fair enough. And I ran the other one and they said they'd love to have us, booked it. Uh so we went to the dinner and then I said, Well, I'll go ahead just to make sure that they have Everything the space for us, Grant. I mixed up which one I'd booked and which one had said no. Okay. Right? And I went to the one that, that said book. no. And they went, no, 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 there's no booking. I said, excuse me. Excuse me. hundred <laughs> percent there's a booking. There absolutely is. Thank you very much. She's like, well, it's not in the booking. That's not open. I was like, no, no, it's grand. I've had these conversations with blah, 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 blah. And she was like, I don't know who you're talking to. And I was like, no, uh, it's all grand. It's trust me. I've been, and we went in to this place, which was absolutely perfect. They opened it. We had a very nice time. And then on the Monday, I got a phone call from the place that actually booked. Raging. So how come you didn't show up? Raging. All I will say is a little bit of confidence and being a little bit bull thick with a gin and tonic on you. You'd be surprised what you'll get. <laughs> so what we did was we, uh, as usual, we uh, just did a bit of a shout out to ask uh, for the times that you have bitten off more than you could chew. And yeah. I have to say, it's <laughs> impressive. There's, there's a lot of biting going yeah. on. <laughs> they're, they're, a lot of people taking big bites. Yeah. Um, Lorraine, this is fascinating. She says, the time I bit off more than I could chew, I decided to become foster carer as we had the space and love and it was something we always wanted to do. Oh, very admirable. We, yeah, that is very admirable. Very nice, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'd originally planned to be respite carers as we wanted to build our experience before getting in too deep. Exactly. The social workers told us we were more than capable of doing full-time, short-term care. So in the end, that's what we got approved for. Our son was two and a half at this stage. Had a couple of respite stays booked in with us and we got a call about a nine-year-old who needed a short-term place for a few weeks. So threw ourselves in and had her move in along with the respite children. Our nine-year-old was with us for three weeks and our respites had come and gone when we got a call about a baby that was going to be born who needed a short-term placement for about six to eight weeks. And could we take that baby? Our nine-year-old ended up having huge additional needs and on top of that, COVID hit and she needed homeschooling. That was, and she was here for just shy of two years. The baby would be three in June and we were currently going through the process of adopting her. So we went from relatively new parents to a toddler to full-time parents of three children, one of which had additional needs. What did we learn from this? The social workers are a bunch of liars. <laughs> Do you know what? You seem like the most caring human on the face of the earth and then there's a the little line of bitterness at the end. <laughs> That's just a little bit. You're my of you. kind of person, Lorraine. Bunch of liars. Uh, no, you, actually, Lorraine, that's pretty phenomenal. But I imagine that the social workers are desperate for people to play. I say so. I yeah. mean, I did think about this actually at one point about really? foster care. And yeah, I love kids because they're very uncomplicated and they're direct. Yeah. And often brutally honest, which I quite like. <laughs> brutally honest. But I, but I also know that there's often reasons why people need help, and I think. It's a small thing in some ways, but actually it's a huge thing to actually invite anybody into your home. I mean, even yeah. if you give somebody an oh overnight God. stay, like, yeah. so it's it's kind of unusual. It, you have to be a certain person. So I really admire you, Lorraine, but social well workers done. will take your hand off and it's never going to be what they say because they don't know. Yeah, of course. I mean, they, yeah, exactly. They're just trying to do the best. They're trying to, they've got a job to do. You should, like, you should do foster care and you'd be yeah. amazing. <laughs> Neve, for cats. I did it for cats. Yeah. I did it with three cats. I know, and you couldn't. And for six weeks, and I swear to God, I, I almost had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> so no children. Like, How is this so hard? <laughs> like, I, I was up all night. Like, because there was there was three little kittens, they were all six weeks old. I know, your nerves and, were shattered. Yeah, and, they, and do you know what? I hadn't realised there were so many little places they could, they could crawl into. <laughs> One day, the press with the bin in it, I left that open, 
and they all crawled in behind like the kitchen presses. And you're, oh my gosh. I was trying to coax them out with bits of cheese. <laughs> I don't think cats are into cheese. I think that was actually the problem. <laughs> I was just in my head I was going there's so many things wrong with that statement I don't so, even know where to start what I will say Lorraine is okay fair play you've done all that fostering yeah. but none of those kids were getting in behind your kitchen counters no that's what I'm saying it could have been worse it could have been an awful lot worse <laughs> you have a lot to be thankful for well done though. no but well done Lorraine actually and you know what it just sounds like actually you're in a very good place despite that you've certainly learned you'll be more definite with the social workers you need to be a bit more aggressive yeah <laughs> Totally. Like, I mean, I've often thought about it. Like, I have mm. thought about it that it is a nice thing to do. But it's also, do you know what? Like, it's just, it's also very nice to have a spare room. You know, like I was saying, like, it would be very helpful, obviously, if I fostered a child. Of course. But, but what would you do where without would I a put my ironing board? Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a decision. It is. <laughs> it's a decision. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> we'll just move swiftly on, please. Uh, Rosalind, uh, I did a tandem parachute jump to raise money for my son's school. Oh, this is all bad already. Uh, there was a video made of all the parents. Mine couldn't be used as I was swearing and crying and they thought it would be upsetting for the children. <laughs> I, I think actually they missed a major educational moment for those children. If you children. want to raise money, send that. <laughs> Surely you could sell that video. Yeah, yeah. A very big educational moment of this is what happens when you do something that's out of your comfort zone. Yeah, completely. <laughs> I've done. I've often been pressed into service, as you know, to do strange things because I can't help it. I can't help <laughs> pressed it. into service like a sleeper agent. <laughs> <laughs> However, the minute you would say the word parachute or jumping out of a plane would be over for me. I have to say, whenever I hear the word, uh, no way. <laughs> like, <laughs> not. You know, to you save know. my own life. You know, like if the plane was going down, they handed me a parachute. I'd say, no, I'm actually grand. Like, I'll, 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 I'll go see to, how far we can get down. Before I'll stay I... with the plane, me and the captain. <laughs> no, not like not. You know, you know, we could end. I up... I couldn't do it. Not even if we challenged to do it together. No, like, th- like this is the one. This is your one big flaw is that when somebody challenges you, I know, I you rise to it. When somebody challenges me, I walk away and say, "No, I'm very comfortable. I'm very comfortable feeling I haven't achieved I, something." I very, I refer you to the previous episode when we discovered the zip lining thing very early on. Right? Yeah, and and I knew when I did the baby course. <laughs> When I was three foot off the ground, not for me. No, okay. not for me. But I'll you, have a coffee. Me, I'd have gone on and done the whole thing and been traumatized the whole way through it. You, you were honest in your reaction, and I think if more people were honest. And the thing about it is, whenever somebody says, "I'm doing a charity parachute jump," immediately I always you say, think you're doing a parachute jump, and you want us to pay for it. Yeah. Oh, no. I know. No. No. Okay. I think parachute jumps. Is now, that your I'm, hard I'm line? A, I'm on a soapbox now. Hard line. <laughs> this is your hard line. Hard line. I think parachute jumps should be for people that are completely qualified. <laughs> I don't think anybody who is even remotely underqualified should be jumping out of a plane. Well, like us, ever. The, like us answering uh, problems on this show. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and that's an absolutely brilliant analogy. <laughs> and I haven't a leg to stand on. Okay, but I, but I de- I definitely think that. You know, like, you know when you hear those things like, you know, uh, like there was, wasn't there one recently that was somebody killed? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well. yeah. And I was just like, <laughs> I think that's fair. Part- I think that's absolutely fair. <laughs> I mean, if you jump out of a plane with no qualifications and die, you've only yourself to blame. <laughs> well. I think it's a very fair outcome. But you know, a I tandem if you, one. If you, if you, if you live <laughs> and you land safely, I think you've been incredibly lucky. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, but sorry. Uh, if you if you've a tandem one, right? If you've a tandem one, the thing is, the, what's even compounded? All right, you have the the you know the security of knowing somebody else knows how to pull the cord, but actually you're strapped very intimately onto the person oh, yeah. behind you. I you'd have to be very happy about that situation. That's the worst job in the world to is be it? a qualified parachute jumper, and you're. <laughs> basically, like, basically like a screaming, like, blithering idiot is strapped to you. Imagine doing your job with somebody who was an absolute maniac harnessed onto you. It's the worst job in the world. Well, Rosalind, my next question is, did you actually ever do anything like that again? I would say she didn't. Never. Well, but well done. But well I, done. Do you know what? I really admired that is the correct and proper reaction to throwing yourself out of a plane. A hundred percent. Dave. Uh, Dave says, I did the Dublin Marathon. I cried, hallucinated and had chafed nipples. <laughs> it's the chafed nipples that I never, never. That's the thing that killed it for me. I did once consider I would do a marathon. Okay. And then, no, chafed nipples, absolutely Who knew? not. Who knew? I thought I'd be fine as I'm reasonably fit and run regularly. <laughs> I had trained for it and honestly thought I would fly it. Never again. I lost so much weight from it. I looked sick for about six months. Oh, Dave. I have to, like... It's the emotional roller coaster that oh. I couldn't take. Okay. It's like it's like crying and being in pain at 20 miles and knowing you've got six more to run like that. that. I couldn't do it. I remember one of my friends, his dad did the Dublin Marathon, right? But he did it as a, like he wasn't putting himself under pressure. He was just doing it. Doing it as his pace. Yeah. And he's, it's <laughs> awful. He stopped on Glasnevin Avenue. Okay. Like, like that was quite close to where they lived. Okay. And uh, to just to say, like to take a drink of water and he, his... Like he, his family were there. Yeah, yeah, his family were there uh-huh. and they said hello. And his wife told him that the mar- that it, it had already been finished about half an hour ago. Like that it was over. <laughs> he still had about 10 miles to go. Talk about hitting the wall. <laughs> did he finish it? He did. There you go. Uh, Jacinta says, I've just moved house. Oh, uh, but we were selling our house and in a chain. It was the most nerve-wracking six months of my life and it had fallen through twice before we did it. And I'm a shell of a woman. Oh my goodness, Jacinta, I totally feel your pain. Yeah. This is, they do say, what are the three most stressful things? Death, divorce and moving, moving house. house. Is it divorce? Apparently. I thought it was changing job. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose very similar, isn't it? <laughs> it's very similar. But I totally understand you saying that this is like crazy and a probably a shared experience for most people, because especially at the minute. My goodness, it must be chaos. Like, I, I think half the reason I don't move <laughs> or change. See, I got very lucky. Yeah, you did. Like, because when I when I bought my apartment, it was it was literally like, it was, do you want to buy this apartment? I was like, okay. yeah, grand, yeah, grand. When did that happen? 12 years ago. Okay. 13 years ago. Was but it, it was like. Was, it, it, was that just after the recession? Yeah. Okay. It, well, well, it was just the end of the boom. I mean, financially, it was an absolute nightmare. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'll, I'll never pay it off. I'll be dead. <laughs> That's okay. But, uh, and yeah, I mean, I like... It's cheaper than rent. Di- yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I didn't, I never got into that cycle of looking at places, falling in love with places and losing them. And Yeah. I, I well, I'm, I, so I'm. I'm just very lucky. I, well, my husband already had the house, so I just moved in there. That was oh, that was my way around it. Don't marry a man, marry the property. It was nice too. <laughs> <laughs> but just in the you're there now. Is that your forever home? I wonder. Let us know. Do you know what? Sometimes it's sometimes your forever home is like the one. You know the the one that you marry. It's not about you know is this your forever home because you love it. It's 
it's is it? <laughs> is can it I be arsely? You can't. You can't be bothered going back to the pool. Like, <laughs> oh god. Oh sometimes you don't need the the converted attic <laughs> or the conservatory. James says, I once told my wife I would convert our garage into a spare room. After a couple of weeks, I had to bail and call in the professionals. I was proud of myself for having the courage to know when I was beaten. James. <laughs> you should be proud. This, no, he shouldn't. I'm sick of this every kid gets a medal approach. <laughs> you failed, James. <laughs> Accept it. Like this, <laughs> this, I had the courage to know when I was beaten. You failed. There's no need to be proud of yourself. You can be a little bit ashamed. Like your world won't end. This has been God a very, Almighty. So far, this has been a very stressful show for you. <laughs> I don't know many soapboxes you've tried to jump on today. <laughs> I'm just saying that you don't need to be. You can say like it didn't work out. Not I can be pr- like. <laughs> I'm proud of myself for having the courage to know when I was beaten. No, this is two stars and a wish. I oh think my. this is good. You got to say two good things that happened and something I could have done better, James. To be. Do you know what I will say? I would stake my home. <laughs> on it being his wife that called the professional. Yeah. You're probably right. We are pausing for a moment to remind you that Agony Rants is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. If you would like to support us and the show, you can become a member for as little as five euro a month. And in return, you will get bonus episodes from us and from all of the shows on the Headstuff Podcast Network. To subscribe, head over to headstuffpodcast.com. Also, we are here to tell you about another great show on the Headstuff Podcast Network. It's called I Know That Face and it's been running for uh, quite a few years now and uh, it's absolutely brilliant. I Know That Face is a movie podcast and it takes a deep dive into the career of a character actor. These are not A-list celebs. They seem to easily flip between hero and villain. And although you might not know their name, you definitely know their face. This is a must listen for movie lovers. It's absolutely brilliant. And there's tons of great film recommendations in there. The show is hosted by Stephen Porzio and Andrew Carroll, uh, which are two of the film writers on headstuff.org. So check it out. Here's a clip. I Know The Face is a movie podcast on the Headstuff Podcast Network, hosted by me, Stephen Porzio. And me, Andrew Carroll. Our show is all about character actors, the type of performers you'll see pop up in supporting roles in blockbusters, the type of people you know the faces but not the names. Each episode we pick one particular character actor and discuss a couple of their movies, shining a light on the performer's career while giving listeners plenty of movie recommendations. So the show is a must for cinema lovers. Subscribe to I Know That Face wherever you get podcasts and follow us on Twitter at I Know That Face P1. So, uh, so this week's problem. Uh, hey, Neve Garode, I'm separating from my husband and I haven't told anyone yet. I'm going to be breaking it to my family this month. Oh, my God. Mm. Uh, I think they have suspected that things have been rocky between myself and my husband for quite some time. We have been together since we were in our 20s and we are both 42. He isn't a bad man, but he isn't particularly nice to be around either. The catalyst for this was when I turned 30. Sorry, when I turned 40. <laughs> and did something completely okay, that again yeah, it's sorry. inappropriate to laugh <laughs> the catalyst for this was I turned 40 and did something out of character I had a fling with our vet if you're going to have a fling well a vet it's a fantastic some of them. place to start yeah, yeah some of them I have to good with animals I swear to god so, I swear to god there's been time you want to see our vet now <laughs> 
this is a serious problem, girl. <laughs> time, I swear to God, like, I've had moments where I've thought I could just snap a little leg now on the cat. <laughs> anyway, I was shocked at myself. <laughs> if I didn't know how much you love boots, I would be I know, definitely that was reporting pure, you to that someone. That was a joke. I don't want to, nobody, anyway. You'd be on some register somewhere, girl. I, I was shocked at myself and it only lasted a couple of weeks. And I had to end it and tell myself that I was a married woman and to cop on. He was a bit younger and very attractive. Of course he was. Mm. And I just thought, why not? Why not indeed? Ever since then, I realised that I'm not happy and I want more out of life. About six weeks ago, it came to a head at home. We had been bickering for a while and I just said I wanted out. If I'm honest, my family aren't that fond of Mother Half. They can see his he is lazy and I have to put up with his moods and whims. I'm sure they will be on my side, but I... No, I'm going to feel guilty and upset over the next few months. I think I'm actually writing this to remind myself I did the right thing. My question is, how should I tell... Oh <laughs> Lovely we've got this far in, we still haven't got a question. Okay. <laughs> I have question a lot of is, questions. <laughs> my question is, I spilt wine on the curtains and how do I get that out? <laughs> no, my, <laughs> my question is, how should I tell my parents and do you think I should trust my friends with the affair? I would love to be able to talk about it with someone. Anyway, for obvious reasons, please don't use my name. By the way, saw you on Vicar Street with Joanne. Absolutely gas. Okay. Well, there's a lot to unpack There's an here. awful lot to unpack here. So, um, let me just say, initially, I feel very strong. You've already made your decision, so that's not a difficult thing. And probably the right decision. It sounds like the both of you have grown apart in that time. That's yeah, fair enough. Does, like, I mean, it, there's no... It doesn't, it doesn't sound like there's any question about whether you feel ambiguity. like you're right or wrong. Yeah, yeah she's, there's no yeah, ambiguity there's no, here. She's not vague. Yeah. Um, and she really feels, I, I, are you feeling a little bit worried about the fact that your parents are going to be um, surprised or upset or put off? I don't know. But I, I, I'll i be honest with you, at this point, the biggest thing that comes across to me is that you are going to tell your family that you're going to split up. You need to be definite about it. Affairs Absolutely do not discuss that with any single person. You've done that, you know, you and this person. If you can keep it between you, that's probably the best thing in the long run. As much as you'd love to talk about it and maybe part of you wants to do it so that you can say that you have done it. I don't know, but it actually serves no purpose to discuss that with anybody. So the thing is, if you and your partner are going to split and you're happy enough about that, you've made that decision and you think it's the right thing for the two of you and both of you feel that way, bringing up things that were just, you know, a thing is only there to hurt that person a bit more. And that's no point in that. Okay. Well, you see, I think what's going on here, right? Mm -hmm. I think, okay, so if she she had the affair two, is it two years ago? Uh, Vet 40... Uh, Four, yeah, so, uh, yes, yeah, two years Okay. Ago. I think what's happened is, right, she had this affair mm-hmm. and she's been in her head now since then. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. she's living in this little fantasy world where it's all very... It's all affairs with vets. Exactly, me. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's like a romance novel. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You're the cover of a Mills and Boons novel. <laughs> and now it's all starting to become a bit real. And I think that now you've realised... Like your fantasy is starting to become reality, and the the, the difference between a fantasy and reality is they're, they're never the same. <laughs> oh, I know. You know, like so. I think what's happened is you are your your fantasy is now moving into your reality, and the there's nothing that makes something more real than uh, having to tell your parents 
because I think that that is the ultimate judgment, isn't yeah. it? Like it's the great leveler. And I think, okay, if they don't like the, the, the guy you're with and, you know, you say they're not that fond of him, then maybe they'll be happy for you. Maybe they feel like you've been in a bad situation and now you're getting out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I would say is this idea of telling all your friends. Yeah, no. I just don't, I just don't think that's a great idea because you might not come out well. Well, whether you do or not, obviously you and and your partner have things to deal with and perhaps it is the right decision for you. That's not. So I think the affair is actually outside of that. I think you you really. Irrelevant. I mean, like the other thing is perhaps you have a sister or, you know, or a really best friend that you can trust with this. But yeah, it does. It changes everything for you. No idea. It does. Yeah. you have no idea. I mean, if she I wants just, to get it off her chest, I mean, maybe it's something she should talk to a therapist or somebody professionally qualified as opposed to people outside. that have a podcast. Yes, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Who are in no way qualified. But I will say, you if you if you speak to your friends about that, there's no not speaking about it again. And it does change your dynamic. Actually, you make a very valid point there. Perhaps if you really want to talk to someone, you should probably talk to someone who is qualified, who can talk about it outside of an office. Create, you know, a therapist or counsellor can help you with that yeah. and find out why you had this affair, possibly, or why you want out of where it is. And the, the other thing, like, because I feel like even even us saying, like, you know, keep your, keep it to yourself, uh, it, it sounds like we're judging you a little bit. No, and we're, we're not. not. Because, I mean, the one thing we'll say about an affair is, Affairs fill the gap. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> By Sorry, their very I can... nature. <laughs> no, I, I wanted to. <laughs> no, but affairs like there, there's. I think I, I always think that when an affair happens, yeah, it, it fills a space. Yeah, maybe where that's just <laughs> avoid. 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 Okay, will we try fills, that? Yes. It feels like, I, I think people have come apart and created this, this distance. It feels a distance. Okay, okay. Um, so, you know, like... Uh, it you, might not you be haven't the best. Mentioned, you yeah. haven't mentioned at all through this whole letter how your husband feels about this or yes. how he, you know, or whether whether you were grown apart or whether you... And I, I think, to be honest, I think that the fact that you haven't mentioned that... In it, a way. it feels like you're just in, you're on different planets, really. Yeah, and it's possible, you know, that you're feeling guilt over it, and I can definitely feel that that would be the case. But it, this has been done by the looks of it. You know, it it only lasts a couple of weeks. It's two years later. You know, the thing is, at this point, the affair itself is not the issue. It's, yeah, it's probably not even relevant. So that's why I think if you went and spoke to someone that will help you what happens next, no matter what the next thing is, because you have to understand why that happened or why you did something out of character or why you felt something was missing. You know, it could be a million reasons and nothing to do with your partner, but it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, you tell your parents you've come to this decision and you be honest about it, but not to the point where they don't need to know the particulars. They don't need to Completely. know that you've had an affair. They don't need to know any of that. You just need to know that this is, and I know it's hard. I know it's hard, especially because it, their generation possibly and the generation before that, that it's not what people did. They stayed together. Exactly. But, you know, I think essentially every parent wants their child to be happy. I think when you're telling the parents, and this is the, this is the other part of her mm. question, is how she should tell her parents. Yeah. I think you tell your parents. You don't. You don't tell them you're thinking of separating. You don't tell them. No. Everything you say is very definite. It's. This is, is what's is, happening. Is it a fait accompli? Well, it sounds is that, like. Is that, what, is that what the word is? A fait accompli. Yes. Yeah. It's. 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 You're. You're telling them a story that has happened. We have separated. It's done. And yeah. It, and it. And you're. You don't. You don't open the door 
for them to no. <laughs> advise you or to, you know, I mean, obviously they will advise you and they'll talk to you, but you, you don't give them any sort of, we're thinking of separating. Like, I, I, I don't, I think in a situation like this, mm. it's not, it's not one of those situations where you, you dangle something, say, oh, we're not happy, we blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, I think it's, we've separated, it's done. Yes. And, and that's the way to tell them because then they have a thing that they're dealing with. They're not... Yeah, uh, it's not tenuous. They're not trying to find a solution. Yeah, that basically exactly. what they're doing is you're informing them that this is the situation. And I think projecting it as something that is better for both of you is actually a very positive thing and a, probably a better road to go down, you know, rather than we were killing each other. You know, I yeah. think I think it's probably obvious to people that you're not happy. And if you two make that decision, that's between you and you and your partner. That's always the case yeah. in my head. And everybody has opinions. Just be honest. As uh, Groot says, fait accompli. Yeah, drop the bomb, not a thousand grenades. Oh. Like, don't have them wondering, going, oh, maybe this will happen and maybe this is happening and maybe that. Just go, boom. What book were you reading that I was in? The, I swear to God, I think I should no, write, Or did that just happen? I think I should write greeting cards. <laughs> Goodness <laughs> Your perfect me. greeting card. Here's your bomb as opposed to a thousand grenades. Yeah, and, and so the next part of your question is, should you trust your friends with the affair? Absolutely not. I know, I understand you'd love to talk now, to him, but do you know why do you want to do talk you know about it? you what the realistic thing is here? And we have to be realistic about this. What will happen, and I'm 100% certain of this, right, mm. is you'll announce your divorce, <laughs> there'll be a girl's night out, and within three glasses of wine, <laughs> everyone will be at the table, will know about the fact that you were riding the vet. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Like we have to, like, I mean, we have to just accept she's written to us because she wants to talk about it. It wants to come out. And she wants it to come out and she's going to hear it on the podcast and she's like, oh, I did that. And she's excited about it. So what's going to happen is she's going to tell the girls. That's fair enough. To finish this, do you know what I really would like? What would you really like? I'd love to be on the night out where this girl comes out. Oh, I know. I'd say it'll be, oh, it's going to be one hell of a I night. I know. We want to be, actually, what we want to be is on the table next to it. Even better. I think that this show has proven one thing to me is you are all up on your soapbox about lots of things. <laughs> I have never seen you get so up about that so many Very things. worked up today. Very worked up today. And that, you know, you're, you have a thing for vets. I didn't know that. <laughs> there's a, a lot. man in scrubs. There's a lot going on. Oh, well, I suppose. Yeah. See, do you know what it is? It's a man in scrubs in the medical profession who's not going to judge you for what you're eating. An awful lot to be said for that, Nave. Is that, oh, That's what... That defines a bet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a matter, you know. Have you ever, have you ever seen? Yeah, but they judge you for what you feed your dog. <laughs> a vet cuddle a kitten. Oh, well. Oh, God almighty. I know. We've been very happy to provide our assistance. Yes, we have. To, uh, to the podcast world today. Yes, I'm sure um, you're all enriched by all of the things we've talked about today. Yeah. Uh, congratulations. You've got to the end and you are infinitely a better person mm -hmm. and watch out for my little videos of my feet are falling off <laughs> yeah listen we don't want any blister things no no that's the one thing I can't bear about people that go walking mm. like here's look at me blister no, it's, it's like okay. I'd rather not to be honest turn that camera around on a sunset please <laughs> um, it's been lovely to chat to you thanks so much for listening see you again bye This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more 
or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today.